0: Thank you so much for joining us online. We want Bethany to be a place where people can get connected to God, to each other, and to the world. If you would like someone to talk to or to pray for you, you can email us at prayer at bethanysite.com. We also greatly appreciate everyone that gives so generously at Bethany. If you'd like to give, you can do so by clicking give in the top right menu on our homepage at bethanysite.com. Again, thank you for joining us online. We hope that this service will be a blessing to you. We want to welcome you this evening to services. We are so glad you've joined us here in the room and those of you online that are joining us. It's so great to have you all joining us. My name is Stu. I'm one of the pastors here. And we are in the middle of a series. It's the second week of a two-week series, so kind of it's the end of the series, so sorry, don't come next week if it's coming. It's called A Look Back and A Look Forward, and we've really been just getting to celebrate this this church being 100 years old in ministry. You may have noticed some of the stuff out in the lobby as you came in. We celebrated last weekend. We're we're celebrating again this weekend, so there's free t-shirts out there. There's free cookies. There's free mugs. I don't know what else is free out there, but, but grab some stuff on your way out. It's, it's just an honor and a privilege to be a part of a church that's got so much history. And you got to see a chance to hear a video last weekend, if you, if you were here last weekend, where some of the different pastors got a chance to share what it really means to be a church that's, that's 100 years old and all the history. And if you want to see some of the history just, just on paper, you, you probably saw photos out there on the wall. That's, that's the last 100 years that we could find of different things that kind of show What a church looks like that's a hundred years old And, and it's pretty fun to look for your own faces but it's also fun to see people like like pastor dave with a mustache so if you find that that's an incredible photo so we hope uh we hope you get a chance to really enjoy uh this this time of celebration and when we looked back there's some things when I was thinking about this church, just as, as a church, we've had to kind of make some things happen in the last year, because it's been, it's been a little tough. And, and so this last summer, I, I know we had, to, we had to do some extraordinary things. We, we, we had to do an online VBS, Vacation Bible School, which was a, a huge success. So if you caught that, if your kids caught that, it was super fun to be a part of that. We've also had to do some online things to make sure everybody uh, can, can catch us online, and that's been a Huge impact, and and there's people now tuning in and sending us messages from all over, and so the, this slowdown, while it's felt difficult at times, God's moved in some extraordinary ways, and I think what's so important for us to remember, as as we as we look back and we look forward, is that no matter what's going on in the world, God's still working, God's still doing incredible things. I don't know if you caught the the sunrise a few days ago. A few of you posted, oh look at this beautiful sunrise. I happen to see it. it unbelievable just to look at and go man our god made that and and it was amazing it, you just couldn't take your eyes off it so it, it was really fun to just just to look at some different things as we started to think about looking back but then looking forward uh, pastor george laid out a few things last weekend about who we want to be as a church for the next hundred years he, he kind of went this is our first hundred the next hundred we want to be a church that's loving that's serving and that's planting." And, and I get to do something really fun as the pastor discipleship. I get to do lots of ministry and lots of different stuff. And so I got the chance to he said, "Why don't you talk about the loving and serving piece and the deeper look at what that looks like as a church and what God's really calling us into as a church as we spend the next hundred years loving and serving." each other. And so that, that's kind of where we're going to head this this weekend as we talk about who God is. And and I, I do hope that you've seen God in these crazy times. I hope you've seen him. But but I will say, we probably can all admit, it's it's been hard to see God. It, it's hard to kind of focus in and see him in the midst of all the messages, all the things going on, all the stuff that we've had to deal with. And, and I, I think part of it, I really think part of it is just there's a lot of attack going on. I, I don't think the enemy wants this happening. And, and so we, we're going to press forward. We're going to be a, a part of God's church. And, and so I hope you'll join us as we think about these things. But but when you think about focus, when you think about your spiritual life, you think about different things about focus. I started thinking about all the things I used to do and what I've kind of had to do hobby-wise in my life to kind of have, have some focus. I I started doing outdoor things. Everything indoors was closed. So I started golfing a lot. You might have seen me out golfing. And then this winter, I I renewed my love for skiing. And I got out on the slopes. I was a guy that went like once a a month, once a year, maybe. I didn't have good gear. Everybody make fun of my old gear. You know, like, oh, nice skis. Those were like 30 years ago, right? So I finally got new gear. And I said, I'm going to go more often. And I have. And it's been super fun. And when you're up there on the mountain, it's so cool because the weather is so different than here. You have days where it's where it's just sunny here, and it's but you know down here it's rainy. It's sunny up there, it's, and you got powder, and it's an awesome day. Those are called bluebird days, and then and then there's other days that are really stormy. It's really stormy days, and uh, those those can have fog and snow and wind and and cold and all this this stuff. And there's this this condition that happens called whiteout. And I've shared with this with the youth before, but, but this whiteout condition we experienced a couple times this year, and really what whiteout is if, is, if you haven't experienced it, is really you can't see anything within an inch of your face. Everything just looks white. So there's no perspective about where you're at, how steep a hill you're on, how you're going to get down, what direction to go, and it's, it's kind of disorienting. It, it's scary. It's scary. And as you kind of make your way down, you kind of side shuffle down the mountain, you finally can see a little bit, and you start to see, oh, this is how skiing is supposed to be. It's so fun and, and enjoyable. You realize that, that focus is an important part of life, and that's something I noticed this year. And, and as I started thinking about that, I thought, you know, we all... Have, have struggled with focus, I think, in these, in this last year. We've all had things that we've struggled with, and especially with our spiritual life. I think there's probably been some times where there's been things where we, it's just been hard to focus on God, whether it was distraction, whether it was just we weren't making time. Maybe we were taking, our, taking God for granted. Maybe we just have had a tough time seeing Him clearly. I just want you to know wherever you're at on your spiritual journey, it's okay. We're, we're, we're going to all move forward tonight and kind of talk about what that looks like and, and, and what God has for us as we look forward and really look at this idea of focus. This is the big idea I want to unpack today as I've thought about it, is that our journey with God, our journey with God requires clear focus. Let me say that again. Our journey with God requires clear focus. And It seems like a simple concept, but, but I think when you really dig into Scripture, you start to look through the, the entirety of the Bible, Old and New Testament, you start to realize that, that that's the story of the Bible, that, that God wants to redeem us back to Himself, and, he, and He's calling us back to Himself, and He's saying, focus on me, focus on me, and His people are going, no, we, we got other stuff to do. and It really is carried through until now, and I see it all the time. I do it myself. I, I find myself out of focus with God and doing other things and so we're gonna we're gonna dig into that and I wanted to just start by looking a lot of times we jump right into the New Testament and Jesus and all that but, but I wanted to start with an Old Testament verse because I think it it really helps set the stage that this is a story that's entirety run through the Bible so I'm gonna look at Isaiah 45 22. if you have a Bible you can turn there we always have the the scriptures on the screen if you want to follow along but this is God speaking through the author Isaiah, and, and God says this. He says, turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is no other. So there's this, this beautiful picture of, of God, glorious God, saying, hey, focus on me, turn to me, look to me to be saved. And he says, it's for everyone, all of you to the ends of the earth. This is a a story he's calling his entire creation back to himself. Turn to me and I'm the only one. There's nothing else that should grab your gaze. I'm the only one you should look at. And it made me think as I, I, I tried to go, well, what's that mean for us now? what does that mean for us now? And it made me think of, of, of a question. It made me think, do we look to God to save us? Do we focus on God and say, man, you're the one. I'm going to stay focused on you. Or, or are we looking for other things to fill that? Are we looking for other things? Are we trying to do it ourselves? Are we trying to find ways to save ourselves instead of doing what God asked us to do, to look to him? So that's the first thing I want to Kind of put as an overview as we look at this idea of focusing in on god you know i think the hardest thing about focus is is all the distractions going on in life there's so much going on and and it's hard with the busyness and the distractions to stay focused and go Okay, God, I'm going to just stay focused on you no matter what's going on. I think something that's hard about that is, is actually, it's going to sound crazy, but, but his blessings sometimes can, can get us off track a little bit. Because when it, when things are hard, when things are troubling, I think it's easy to stay focused on God because we have no options. We can't handle it. It's too hard. I got to stay focused on God. But when God's pouring out blessings like he does as a loving God, I think it tends to kind of divert our attention. And we start looking at the blessings and going, oh, that's so awesome. I'm just going to stay focused over here. And we lose focus of who's doing it. The author, the creator. We, we forget that that's where the blessings come from. And we go, what's the next one? What's the next one? And when they don't come, we're left with nothing. Are you relating to that a little bit? Are you relating to what that, that talks about? Now as we jump forward and think about that idea of of big God saying, Turn to me, he's also going, you know what, there's gonna be someone that comes and lives with you. Jesus is going to be coming in the New Testament. Jesus is gonna show up and he's gonna live amongst us. He's gonna be God incarnate and he's gonna walk with you, and he's gonna live with you, and he's gonna eventually die for your sins. And, And and that's going to be incredible, and you're going to have an option to follow him or not. And it's, I'd love you so much. So so we from that that old Isaiah passage, we know so much more. And and when we look at the New Testament, when we look at the New Testament, it's full of of different authors saying, focus on God, focus on God. But yet, it's so hard for some reason to stay focused on God. I'm going to look mostly at at John uh, this 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 uh, service, because I think John is one of the authors that, that loves to just talk about focusing on God and loving God and, and loving others well. And, and so John 15, I think, does a great job of kind of pouring into this, this idea. So in John 15, 4, he says this. He says, "'Remain in me as I also remain in you. "'No branch can bear fruit by itself. "'It must remain in the vine.'" Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So it seems simple. Remain in God. Stay focused on God. Some translations say abide in God. Live with God. Follow God. Be a part of what God's doing. Stay focused. It seems so easy, yet when I talk to people and I say, what's the hardest thing about your walk with Christ? They go, it's hard to stay focused. It's hard to spend time with him. I'm distracted. There's a lot going on in life. And yet Jesus says, here's the the key. Here's the key, focus on him. And and when we look at Jesus' life, he does just that. He He wasn't just sitting around in a recliner with nothing to do. Jesus was a busy guy. If you read the scriptures, Jesus was out, and people wanted to hear from him, touch him, talk to him. They wanted to hear what he had to say, and they followed him around. It was hard for him to get time by himself, yet he specifically Many times in scriptures said, I I need to get away and be with my father. He understood what it meant to remain in God because he knew that when he did that, he'd be recharged, that God would also remain in him. So practically, what does that that look like for me and you? Well, for me, that was something that I struggled with for a long time. I'll be honest with you. It it was hard. I was distracted. There's lots of stuff going on in life. And I always felt like, oh, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. And it wasn't until a while ago where I just said, you know what, I've got to get serious here. I've got to focus in. I've got to steady my gaze on God. I got to remain in him that I said, I'm going to find a time each day where I can give my best to God. And for me, the best time for, for, for me is morning. But for some of you, it might be midday. It might be evening. It might be whatever. But but I just pick the best time. And so I found a morning was my best time. And I said, I'll, I'll just build in time before I have to be anywhere. And this has been an incredible journey, I'll tell you, as I've just sat with God. And what, here's what mine looks like. I sit with God. I, I read some scripture. I pray. And, and I talk to God. I say stuff like, what do you, what do you have for me today, God? What do, you, what do you want to show me today, God? What do you want to teach me? And then after I've talked with him for a while, I, I just stop and I listen and I just sit and I be quiet. And I will tell you guys, as you sit, you see things in his creation. You, you hear from him in so many different ways as you just are quiet. And, and day after day as I've done that, it's become a habit that I can't miss. I cannot not do it. And so, so that's what practically it looks like, and that's what Jesus has modeled. And when you look further at that scripture, it also says no branch can bear fruit by itself. And so when, when you wonder, like, well, what, if, what happens if I don't do it? It says, well, no branch can bear fruit by itself. And really that's adding on to this picture he had of, of uh, God being the vine and, and us being the branches and the fruit that we create is from us uh, living in God's word. And, and he says no branch can bear fruit by itself. Basically saying what happens to a branch when you take it off a tree? I've pr- done a lot of pruning. They, they, they wither and die. The same with fruit that you could be producing. You know, we, we went to eastern Washington and, and on the way back about a month ago, we saw the big th- Thorpe fruit sign and we're like, we, we, we have to stop, right? 99 cents for Honeycrisp? Honey that seems crazy. I pull in we grab a box, we bring it home. We've been just snacking on them, and they've been so great. And just like two days ago, I noticed the box. I was like, those don't look good. Nobody's been looking at those for rocks. They were brown and mushy, and, dead, and I had to throw them out. And that's the picture Jesus is trying to create for us. He's trying to show us that, that when you're not remaining in him, when you're not connected to the vine, when you're not connected to him, things die, things don't go well. You can't survive. And that's the picture he's trying to paint for us in this idea of what's important when we focus on God is, is this deeper love with him as we walk with him and we live with him. And, and it can be hard, like I said, there's so many distractions. There's so much that can distract us. And, and in this process of growing and, and trying to be like God, I think it's important to look at, at, a, at a question. It's important to look at a question. How do we remain in God's love, with all the distractions going on, with all the stuff going on in our life, that's like I said, one of the biggest things people say is hard for them, is staying in that consistent time. Well, what do we do? How do we do it? And, and a scripture just popped into my face this week that's crazy. Maybe it won't be crazy for you, but it was for me. So it's really cool. John 15, 10, it says this, it says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. So how do you remain in God's love? How do you stick with it? It says it right there. If, just keep his commands. Keep his commands. And, and, and it might take great focus to keep his commands. And you might be thinking, man, that's a, I bet he has a long list. He's God. I, I don't know if I can do all the things on his list. Well, guess what? As you move down the scriptures, the 1512, he gives us the answer to the commands. He says, this, this is my commander. My command is this in 1512, John, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that he lay down his life for his friends. So when we, we, we want to remain in his love, he says, just love others and we'll remain His love, and, and vice versa. It kind of interplays together, and it's this beautiful picture of following Jesus and loving like He loves. And the command is truly this, to, to love like He loved. And, and I think it's important to remember how Jesus loved. You know, I think it's easy to go, well, I, I love a lot of people. I've got friends. I, I talk to people. He, Jesus didn't just love the easy Easy ones, right? He had his friends, but he also went to the hard parts in town. He went where people were, were struggling. He went to the places where he wasn't supposed to be because he was, he was not that kind of guy. And so he got questioned. Why are you hanging out with sinners? Why are you doing all this? And, and no one understood that he was about his people. And, and, and he understood that the gospel, his message was for everyone. It was for every single person. It was for, for what I would call the other. The other being every single other person that we know. Love one another. It's the other. He loved every single person, and he modeled that so well. And, you know, I was in a class I've been taking, and they, they challenged us. They said, hey, we want you to look at, at who the others are in, in, your, in your world and, and really pay attention to who you're comfortable with and who you're not comfortable with. And, and I thought, well, I'm, I'm pretty easy going. I'm friends with a lot of people. It should be pretty easy. I'm not going to have an issue. And I started to realize as I thought about it, I, I realized that there's, there's a people group that I, I kind of feel uncomfortable around. It's, it's homeless people. And I was like, oh, I feel so guilty. I feel so bad. And, and I started to pray, God, will you give me your heart for those people. I want to love them like you love them, because I know you love every person. Your word says that you love all, all your creation. Would you give me your heart? And that's, that's been my prayer. And so I challenge you in that area to think about those people that make you uncomfortable, and, and then ask God, God, give me, give me your heart as we spend time with him and remain in him. The cool thing about this scripture, as you look at it, there's another little thing that leads us into servanthood. It says uh, that he, he, there's no greater love than laying down one's life for a friend. Uh, and I love how he literally did that for us. But when you think about it figuratively, how do I lay down my life for a friend? It's, it's really humbling myself and saying, how can I lower myself and, and just take care of you? I love, I love the picture Jesus gives us of, of washing his, his uh, disciples' feet. You know something a servant should do not something that the teacher the the prophet should do Jesus that not him and yet he says no this this is something I want to do for you I want to wash your think about how dirty and gross their feet were they didn't wear shoes and socks this was sandals only or no shoes so he's getting in there he's getting he's cleaning some nasty stuff so he's truly humbling himself think about what Jesus was doing what he was showing us he was saying You're not as important as you think you are. Lower yourself to to down below who you're trying to love and you will show the love I'm trying to show. He models that so well. And so there's this interplay that happens between loving God, loving others, and then then serving. And it's interplayed so crazily as you look at this. When you look down to John 15, 16, I love love what it does because it kind of gives us a purpose. It gives us a purpose as it says, God chose you uh, to go and bear fruit. So you did not choose me, I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Think about when, when, when God has chosen you. He's given you a reason for why to do something. He's given you a purpose. He said, this is why I've made you like you have made you so that you can love me and love others. This is why I, and how I created you to be. And, and so I chose you to do this. And when you do this, you need to go and bear fruit. I think sometimes we miss that word, go. We miss that word, go, and go, well, I got I to gotta bear fruit. I got to be connected to the vine. I'll bear fruit. But, but that go is so important as we think about what this church is going to look like in the next hundred years because because i really believe that the gospel is other focused it's 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 about being about the people that that we might not necessarily hang out with just like jesus didn't necessarily hang out with all the sinners but he went where they were and he spent time with them and he and he lived with them too the go is about that and so as a church that's going to hopefully be around for another hundred years, I really believe that, that that go is so important. As we love God and we, and we love others and we serve each other, we also have to be about going and bearing fruit and going where people are, are uncomfortable to us just as much as they're, we're comfortable with them. So as, as you think of that that, that, that other focused gospel and that, that word go, it's an action word, isn't it? It's, it's like we got to go do something. It's not, eh, we'll we'll go to church. That's cool, right? No, he's saying go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Fruit that will make more disciples. Go and make disciples that will make disciples that will make disciples. And exponentially, we'll look back in 100 years and go, oh my gosh, that's my disciple that made five disciples, that made 10 disciples, that made 20 disciples. And watch how the gospel spreads. I'm going to say something that might might bug you, it might not, but the church here is not completely God's church. God's church is all his people. He wants all his people redeemed back to himself. And, And our job as followers is to join him in that and go, go and bear fruit, go and make disciples, go where they're at, go where the uncomfortable are at, go and serve others with Jesus' attitude. It's so important. Go to the uncomfortable as well as the comfortable. And as we live in this loving, serving, planting church that we want to just see grow and and we want to see more and more people connected to the gospel, I think this is so important. I think it's so important that we focus in on God. We focus in on loving others. And we focus in on loving our community. And that community can feel like, well, I'll I'll help with the outreach event, right? Right? That's one way you can help. And and I would say, yes, help with the outreach event. Please do that. I I can serve here, which, yes, please serve here. Because guess what? When we serve here, it's not just we're filling a hole. We're helping someone to come and experience the gospel by hearing it up here. So serving here is a huge deal. Serving in these outreach events we're talking about, like the Easter egg hunt, it's a huge deal. But serving in some of these places like CareNet. Or, or the food bank or some of the other community ministries out there is huge. There's so many places that we can go and be God and be Jesus to other people. And, and you don't have to go with an agenda. You don't have to go with like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the, the Lord's prayer with them once I get there. Like, just go and be you. Go and be who God made you to be. Remaining in him and showing others who he is by, by who you are because you spend time with God. I think this all is going to require focus. It's going to require us focusing on God and, and, and all those other areas. And, and, and I believe this church can do it because I, I've seen you guys in action. And I've seen people get excited when we said we're going to do an outreach event. So I hope that you will join us. I and I I challenge you to really think about what it means to focus and, and to really remain in God to live with God. Keep your eyes on God, not on all this stuff going on. He doesn't say to do that. He says, remain in me, and I will remain in you, and you will bear much fruit. I I, I don't know about you, but I want to see the fruit. I want to see those disciples. I want to see the ones that make disciples. That's the exciting stuff, and I hope you'll join us. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are a God that includes us in what you're doing, and God, I am I am so grateful for what you've done in my life and what you've done in my friend's life. And, and I thank you that, that you are a, a, a God that wants us to go and be a part of what you're doing, to, to go and be in people's lives, to, to love you and to love others. And so God, help us to do that. Help us to have your heart for those people that are uncomfortable to be around. God, help us to, to be who you've made each of us to be by loving and serving each other. We pray this all in your name. Amen.